Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Phoning it in. <laughs> the Brandon and Evan show. So, yes, you just saw Star Wars. Brandon did. I did. I did as well, but I I I did like a week or so ago. Yeah. Of course, so. when people hear this, it's not going to be that big of a deal because it's yeah. so long after. Yeah, it's like, I already saw it three times, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so we figured we'd recap on that a little bit because we said we would in an earlier podcast and... We definitely follow through with what we say. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a good movie to cover. I mean, it is the highest, highest grossing. opening. Is it the highest grossing already? No, they don't think, I think they still think that Avatar will still be oh, okay. the biggest all time, but it had the, like, it was like the fastest to like a billion dollars at the box office, something Amazing. like that. Amazing. Amazing accomplishment, truly. Even yeah. For, even for a big studio like, like Disney, that doesn't doesn't happen too often. No. Considering the flops that they've had over the last number of years, too. Oh, yeah. There's The Lone Ranger. Right. That was uh, not so good. There was, uh, what was it? John Carter. That was another one. Mm. Back-to-back years. Hmm. Not this one. Not this one, no. Um, Okay, so if you don't want to hear about Star Wars and you haven't seen it yet for some reason you're worried about it being ruined, then you should probably turn off this podcast and choose another option. Yeah. Um, Or... Go and see the movie. Or go and see the movie and then come back and watch this, or listen to this podcast. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Be a um, viewer of some sort. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, we're talking a little bit more about this podcast, too, and, like, what, what do we want to do here? And we definitely don't want to be critics. That's not... No. That's not No, I mean, it's not necessarily that uh, there won't be criticism doled out. No. However, um, we always try and keep things in a perspective of what trying to look at what, what what they were trying to do with something, maybe where it didn't quite hit that, what we liked, what we didn't like. Yeah. Um, and and why we think those things happen, you know, like what we can point to in terms of storytelling structure, what could be some of the missing elements that, you know, we can learn from. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there, critics, who, like, um, will talk about why a film didn't work, and I think... Uh, you know, talking about why it did work is just as helpful, especially for people who are trying to learn how to, like, write and stuff. Like, you know, why why did this movie make so much money other than the fact that, like, it's so easy to just say, oh, it's Star Wars. Everybody loves Star Wars. So they're going to Star Wars, right? But they did release the, you know, the other three, and then they released this one, and, you know, was this one more hyped? And then, or was there a certain point, are people telling each other about this and, and praising it so much and if they are praising it, why are they praising it, you know? Um, and I think yeah. we can get into that, like dialogue characters, you know, um, certain things they did with set design. Those are some of yeah. my, my biggest ones. Yeah, and I, we start we started off talking that, about Star Wars, and now we're saying, kind of prefacing this with criticism, and people are like, oh, are these guys about to start ripping on Star Wars? Yeah. So uh, I'll just put it out there uh, right off the bat. I, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it too. I loved it. Yeah. Um, 
So everybody can sort of like ease up a little bit. <laughs> or yeah. maybe you hated it and now you hate us. And you well, thought either we, way. Yeah, either way. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I went into it and uh, I'll just tell you my experience because I went into it and, I, you know, Star Wars I grew up with. Like I have two older brothers and they indoctrinated me into it at like, uh, you know, infancy. So, you know, like it's, uh, you know, so this has been a long relationship we've had, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. Uh, I, I loved the Star Wars movies. I think my dad had them recorded on like off of TV on VHSs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Throwing, throwing, I just aged myself to the, to our audience, but that's fine. Uh, and I remember for Christmas one year I'd asked after they sort of re remastered them on VHS yeah. and it came in like this copper and black like box set. Uh, and, and I got that for Christmas and I dressed up as Luke Skywalker nice. uh, for Halloween. I don't remember how old I was, probably like 13 years old. Nice. And, uh, from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. It was pretty easy. Yeah. Right. Just wear black. Yeah, totally. And totally. I already had the hair, so <laughs> it was easy. Nice. Um, um, so yeah, there's, uh, definitely, uh, I have a lot of love and, and a certain degree of fanfare for, the series and for the universe of Star Wars, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I uh, and I sit I, whenever there's a movie that I really like, I really want to see and I want to take it in, and I have a personal connection to it all. You know, there's um, I always like to I like to go alone actually a lot of the time. Yeah, um, and I expected that I would either I, I pretty much expected I would love this movie. But I set, I tried to set my expectations lower just so I could take it in. And I tried to watch it as much as I could from, like, the first time. Just like, okay, I'm going to see a movie. Let's just see how this is. And uh, I found that it was just, like, I mean, it was so much fun. It was just yeah. so much fun, like, the whole way through. like And, you know, the, 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 the landscapes, the shots, the set deck, the acting, like who they cast, the characters. I mean, I thought everything, like there's so much good about it that anything that I say today that is even critical, it's so nitpicky in my opinion. Because, and you know what? It's, you know, different films do different things. This is not like, this is not necessarily meant to be like the Oscar, um, like the most depthy emo- emotional kind of yeah. stuff. It's not meant to be that way. And I don't think the series has really been about that ever. No. So. And so if you gauge a movie like that and you say, well, it's not the best, this is a better one. Like what I like to look at is I like to look at, okay, well let's look at the genre and let's look at the style and how well does it compete on that? Because, you know, like, um, one person pointed out to me, they, they said, uh, you know, it's it's funny how people will rate movies and, like, someone who really likes, like, thrillers and crime thrillers or dramas, and then they'll rate an action movie or a blockbuster and they'll tear the hell out of it. And it's like, and then people who like blockbusters will tear the hell out of an Oscar-type, you know, emotional drama movie. And it's like, well, we're competing with different audiences, different people who want different things. And yeah. neither is a less or better than movie, right? Yeah, no, they there's... two different things. Yeah, exactly. They're to suit a different audience. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what was something I watched fairly recently that I'd never seen? I watched, uh, like, f- like Fast and Furious 6 yeah. or something, which I never watched, and, and it was totally ridiculous. But I kind of enjoyed it because mm-hmm. I knew what I was 
getting myself into, right. you know, and so I'm not going to compare that to the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. You know, like it's, no, they're that's not, what they're you're not, saying. They're not comparable. Um, and I think, you know, I've heard lots of people say like, I don't understand why people like this kind of movie. And it's like, well, you know, I think it's like people go to movies for different reasons. You know, some like there's different types of film goers. And I think, I think this is a super valid comment is like, when you're writing or creating a movie or you're making a movie or you're acting in a movie or whatever, you're, you're doing something for a different crowd. And if you know the crowd you're appealing to, I think you can do your job better because you understand what's necessary there, you know? Yeah. And with that, I feel like that's almost a perfect segue for, uh, I think that J.J. Abrams knew exactly hmm. who he was going for. Yeah. When, when he put this all together. I think so too. Um, in terms of how it sort of gave so many nods to the original Star Wars movie, A New Hope, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't even want to call it episode four. You yeah. Know, to me, it's like the original one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there were so many ways in which he, he paid homage to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was for all of the right reasons mm-hmm. for me. So when you're talking about that, you're talking about like the, the transitional shots. Uh, well, the, it was not, yeah. I mean, like, there's the transitional shots. There was, uh, down to the way that it was, it was written, the characters, the way, the way it flowed, the way that the, even the jokes worked. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was, it was a Star Wars film. And the real locations and having like real, like actual props and, and robots and animatronics. Like there was there it from the green screen sort of trilogy that, that the prequels were, mm-hmm. you know, this was like, oh, yeah. re- this was like a return to form, you know, yeah. it was like, oh my God, there's something real. Yeah. I'm actually watching a real place right now. Yeah. That's so much better. I mean like, uh, yeah. And like the fact that they built a lot of the sets and it wasn't just filled in or like they actually like, you know, got the actors are dealing with real world things. And you know what else I loved about it? And this is a, I mean, a side note from what you're talking about probably has no relation, but I was just thinking about this is like, I love the fact that they had strong female characters yeah. and it also had an African American character who had a really like amazing struggle. I thought that was like such a, you know, I think that is his struggle was, was, and he was kind of like, at first, um, he was a little bit cowardly and he became, you know, he started to care more about these people. And then, you know, and he kind of, you see the human, you know, element of it. Yeah. And care about what he was, what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Ray, who's like, you know, um, and yeah, these are probably going to start getting to spoilers now, but how she was like left behind and that whole story, and we never really find out so much about that story, but yeah. you have kind of set some hypothesis probably about what the whole deal is. Yeah, I mean, that, and, and that, there's a good lesson that I'm, I'm always a huge, like, that's one of the, one of the big lessons in screenwriting mm-hmm. is show, don't tell. Yeah. You know, we were hinted at, we were led down a direction, but left to fill some of it in for ourselves. You know, we weren't given some overly elaborate, you know, <laughs> sort of flashback yeah. or something of everything that went on. Like we got an idea of what it was and, but now we're moving forward with it. Yeah, totally. Uh, one of the things I, I liked about, uh, the character of, of Finn. 
Yeah, Finn, yeah. Uh, and it was, it was really interesting because from the, all of the trailers, you know, like the, the stuff that you saw of him was all like the super intense kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden the, it, the movie goes in and a very short way into it, he becomes such a charismatic and entertaining, funny character. Right. It was so unexpected, Mm. but I thought what a brilliant move because that's exactly kind of what we needed. Like there was like Han Solo was that in the originals and not to say that they're, you know, the same characters, they're, they're different characters, but they have this, this sort of charisma about them. That's just so much fun to watch. I think so. I mean, I I think that's so important. I mean, you know, if you don't have those moments, like, and that's one of the things that did really well at just to further that point is that you, there was a lot of fun moments. The dialogue is fun. The moments were fun, the way they looked at each other and like kind of dealt with these moments. And like, you know, you could look at it and go, oh, well, it's not realistic, but it's like, that's not what this is about in a sense, you know, like, and, and even though, okay, like the, you know, if there's one valuable lesson I learned in film school was that don't ever judge a movie based on realism alone, because it's such a limited tunneled perspective to actually look at a movie, you know, and I think when movies get too realistic and they don't have those light moments, those moments where you can laugh and kind of, you know, this super intense thing is going on. Like, remember when the monster's chasing them and, uh, like inside that, where the Falcon got that trapped big, or whatever? Yeah, that big cargo Yeah, ship. right? Yeah. And there was a moment, I don't know if you remember this, where they, like, the thing was, like, barreling down at them and he's not seeing it or she's not seeing it or something. And, like, if you don't have those, like, light moments where, like, things are kind of, I don't know, it's a little bit goofy, it's a little silly. Yeah, but the the but, originals did that, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. they had this this sort of far-fetched silly element you know this ragtag group mm-hmm. of of rebels yes. you know who are <laughs> who 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 come through at the end um but there's still a lot of uh there's still a lot of drama that that underlies it absolutely and but i mean this this goes to the whole thing as well like to not judge something purely on realism mm-hmm. you know again no like we're doing a science fiction opera yeah you know like it's it's supposed to, some people go to movies to be transported. Yeah. You know, and I, I was transported yes. in this, in this movie, Me which too. is yeah. what you really kind of want yeah. for something like that, you know, totally. for, for a science fiction, like going, you know, jet setting across the galaxy. You want to feel like you're somewhere else. Well, yeah, totally. And I mean, it's, there's different ways to do the same thing and it depends on what you're trying to do. And I think that, um, with this, you know, with, with this series, what I really, you know what I didn't like about the first three, the, 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 the sequels, which were actually the The prequels, prequels. right? Is it took itself so seriously, like, especially the first one, like, you know, it's like all political and like, we're getting, you know, and it's like, it's too much, you know, whereas this one, I mean, we're dealing with, with you know, we're coming back to where the originals work. We're coming back to simple themes, simple ideas. Um, you know, there, you know, there's still some fun, there's some play. And the thing is, is that what, that's what it, part of it, which makes it so good, you know, is the first three, which were the prequel three that I'm talking about, not the original three. I love the original three, Yeah. but the sequel three, which were the prequels, um, those, I didn't really enjoy that much. In fact, um, I was like, oh man, like I really feel like they took Star Wars and they just, 
you know, they just took it in the, in, in a way that kind of took away from it, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, there's things I liked about it. There was thing, but it was, it was a very hit and miss for me. This was a very like hit experience. Like yeah. it was like all, all really good. I was just like, this is, this is a great, just well done movie. Yeah, it yeah. was it. And in what is an almost seemingly impossible task, I mean, the weight of a franchise like Star Wars is incredible, mm-hmm. you know, um, but to touch on a little bit of the sort of the differences between them. I remember a few years back, uh, a buddy of mine, he had, he had bought all of the six movies cause they came out on Blu-ray and like in this box set and yeah. it was like, we're, we're doing a marathon. We're going to watch all of them. <laughs> and, uh, and I, and I got there like halfway through the first one. Like, and, and we went the, the first one original make no, or the, the first prequel? one of the prequel. Yeah. So like the actual episode one kind of thing. And, and yeah, it's, it's such a difference that's such a different story. Those, yeah. those prequel films, um, that it was, it was such a shock when you get to the original ones. So we watched them in like chronological, like episode one, episode two, episode three. Yeah. And I felt like they did get better yeah. as they went, but then you watch episode four. Yeah. And it was, it was night and day. Yeah. Like it was just in terms of, of how, how crafted it all felt mm-hmm. like, like it felt like a, a crafted film. Yeah. It, it was totally separate. It didn't have anything to really rely on other than the strength of its characters and of its storytelling. Mm-hmm. Certainly it had effects that were incredible for its day. But, but it was not, that's really not what it was all about. No. In my mind. It was, it was just these characters. Well, you know, um, there's, there's, you know, there's a few things that I think are, um, especially for people who want to write sci-fi. And I, I feel I can speak to this, especially because it's something that I've been writing so much of recently is that when you get sci-fi and, you know, often when you get hired to write a script, in my experience, how it's been is either you come up with this really wild concept or someone hands you a concept and especially if you're hired for it it's usually someone's giving you a concept but they don't have a writer or something and they need someone to bring some life to it it's already complicated you don't need to complicate it anymore in fact any more complication actually uh takes away from it what you want to do is you want to take this complex idea and simplify it and i think that the reason why the first originals worked and this one this most recent one works so well is they take something that's extremely complex. I was like, as I was there, there's always my movie maker brain going, you know, all the time, like, you know, <laughs> how many characters are in this? How many people do you have to cast? You know, what what was the... And I'm running budgets through my head and script writing. It's hard not to. And it's not like it's it's dominating my experience of it, but I'll have this... It's almost like a, a check bank. Like, it just kind of it clicks in, and I just have that thought for a moment, and I can push it back out, but it's in there. And I was thinking how many different characters there are, how many different sets, how many different things. This is an extremely complicated movie. What does this species do? What does that species do? What are they like? What is this personality like? How do they relate to the story? It's so complex. If you don't make that simple, and you're trying to write that, especially if you're a new writer, oh my god, I mean, you're going to get lost in your own in your own creation. So, you know, what you almost need to do is not 
minimize anything that you have, but my experience I find is try and get as much information as you can, especially when you're hired, but if you create it, build your information out and then simplify. If you look at the original, it's about really brother, sister, father, and, and their story and their coming to grips with who are you going to be in the world versus darkness and lightness, and that's really it. And then everything else is an extremity, it's extra, it adds to it, enhances it, three-dimensional. Yeah. Same with this newest one. The first original three, no, not the original three, but the prequel three, too complex. Too many things going on. Too much to think yeah. about. It's it's hard to keep up with, and you get lost. That was my experience. Yeah, and and I would say, like, for... If, if there is a certain uh, history that those those prequel movies provided in terms of setting up things uh but i almost in some ways i almost feel like you're better served watching the uh the animated series <laughs> oh yeah the animated series was quite well done i, I've I watched I through yeah i watched through all of it it's all on netflix people because i think netflix me. owns it actually yeah yeah um and they i they did some really great stuff in there mm. like and but by focusing on on the characters, you know, that like some really, a really great cast. Uh, but that's, that's a, that's a whole nother topic of conversation. Probably, yeah, no, but that's good. Um, well, you know, um, and, I, and I'm teaching people how to write scripts. Uh, you know, I always tell people, people always ask, almost always get this question is how much research should I do? How much like setup, how much history should I build? And I always tell them as little as you possibly need to only build what you feel you need to. And I have a certain, uh, uh, stuff that I'll, I'll give people like, like figure out these basic things. And then aside from that, just fill in the stuff you need to. Cause what, what I find is that when you do too much preliminary work, you do too much research, you do too much setup, you actually get lost in all your details. And I think that what was harder for the, um, the original, like, or the, the sequel prequels, right. Of star Wars was that you have this whole world that you're trying to fill in, you know, and justify and make sense of, and you're getting away from what's the really important story. All we really care about at the end of the day, and if you look at yourself and you watch movies, you start to see this, is you only really care about the, the main characters, their personal struggles, their personal relationships, and the simple thing that they're after. Everything else is like kind of details, right? It's like if you look at your life, your life is probably really complicated if you were to really look at all the intricate relationships you have and all the things that you've done and mistakes you've made and things you've gone for and whatever. But if you simplify it right down to like, what do I care about most? What's most important right now in this moment? That's the most powerful, most important thing. And a movie's a little bit like that, I think. Yeah, and I I can see... You know, even in, in, uh, with acting as well, Mm. you know, there's, there's a lot of similarities to that. I mean, I, I always feel like, you know, it's, it's great if you have uh, a really grand vision of something, a really big scope of something, but trying to, when, when you're just trying to now show all of it, like you're just trying to show how, how, how amazing and, and, and how many little things that you've thought about then it, it, yeah, it starts to work against you. It's like showing the work, you know? Yeah. And, like, and that, that's a good, that's a good comment about acting. Cause you know, like, I mean, I, 
I'd say you're a little bit more of the authority with the acting element, but I would say with acting, like one thing that I've learned for sure is if you do all this back work on your character, you do all this work about your objective and all this other stuff that you're working on, don't show that in your performance. Just trust that it's there. It's so important, right? Yeah. Because the moment you start showing that stuff, you're going to start, quote unquote, acting and people are going to see acting. They're going to see living. Yeah. And I mean, if you want to show like an example and, and you know, we try not to harp on, on stuff too much, but (laughs) another trilogy that was, uh, a, a misstep in my opinion, um, was the, the Hobbit movies. Mm. I mean, and there was, yeah, there was like, just there, like, I'm not going to get into details about it, but there was like, we're, for one, we're talking about a very short book that they adapted into three films, which was you know, arguably unnecessary. Okay. Uh, but there were so many details that they decided to include in these movies. That's just like it. And it just completely like killed the flow of everything Mm. because it's like, you're, you're now you're trying to, yeah, there's, there's opening me up and showing me this world, but now you're getting hung up in all of these details that don't really, necessarily add anything to the film medium of it you know what I mean yeah you know um it's interesting too because when you take it take something like that there probably could be some people who just love those movies and I think the thing is is that the only thing to take from that is really go like there might be people who just think that was amazing I'm so glad they did that but it's such it becomes so niche that what ends up happening is I think that the movie doesn't it doesn't connect on a large scale it doesn't connect yeah you know and it you know, like it appeals to fans. And I think that is something you've got to consider too, is when you create something, especially with a pre sold fan base is like, um, to be inclusive. I like, I, I don't think you want to make a movie that's cliquey. Like, I think the thing is with the thing I like about this new star Wars is there's obviously star Wars fans who have been star Wars fans forever. And there's been, you know, and I'll come back to star Trek too. There's been people who have been star Trek fans forever. But when J.J. Abrams made this movie and he made Star Wars and he made Star Trek, I felt that it was something that was inclusive to everybody, whether you knew the world or not. And it made you kind of go, well, I'd love to go watch everything that was done before yeah. so I could get filled in, but I could enjoy this movie all on its own. And yeah. there's a, there's, that's, to me, that's beauty. Like That's a great artistic ability to be able to make something self-sufficient but at the same time, allude to the fact that if you want to know more about this world, there's a whole, like, endlessly, you yeah. could look into this world if you wanted to. Yeah, and I mean, I think, uh, I think J.J. Abrams is an in- incredibly intelligent filmmaker. Uh, you know, from what he did to with Star Trek, what he did with Star Wars, uh, even with what he did in something like Super 8, mm. you know, like, you can see he's, he's almost become... Uh, a bit of an authority on, on doing these sort of old, old school flavor films Mm. because super eight, even though that was not based on anything, it felt like an old Spielberg or like a Goonies or something like that, you know, like it, (laughs) it, it, and it, and he just nailed it. Right. He absolutely nailed it. Like it was, there are things that he, I think he, he understands are, are what holds something together of certain mm. things. So I feel like he knew with Star Wars, like not just personally for himself of what he loved about them, but what fans loved about them too. Mm. And you can see how he tried 
and how he well how he did incorporate those things right into the film yeah yeah there's a magic to it you know um it's uh, you know as a book that i read and i i wish i remembered the name in the moment uh right now but it was spielberg had said that you know you want to you want to keep the magic in in movies and uh he said be very careful about bringing the media into your movie like having the media find out about the thing like he was talking about et and i i think that what happened was the studio or somebody or some uh other other party wanted the media to be involved and he said no if the media gets involved then all the magic gets lost and um i think that you know it's true there's certain things where you almost want to like there's, and I don't know all the, all the say guidelines. Um, but I'm sure if you watch enough of his movies, you could start to see if you could start to look and see what he does, but there's certain things where you got to keep that element of magic in place. Um, because otherwise, you know, and I think that was my problem with the, you know, prequel sequels of star Wars is that it, it got, it, it kind of lost the magic a little bit for me. Yeah. Know? It, um, it got, yeah, I mean, maybe part of the what you might want to look at in that is like it got a bit lost in in a very complicated plot. Yeah, like it was very heavily plot driven. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas I would say the original tri- trilogy was a more character driven piece. Yeah, it was more hero's journey. The original yeah, one. and yeah. and you know, like there was sort of the story of of Anakin becoming you know this dark person in the in the prequels but it was still very much like it it, it almost like it, it didn't have an identity no. you know it didn't really know what it was what it was wanting to do it was trying to tell this very complex um political story yeah while at the same time doing this this other some of these character things and trying to you know yeah it was just it's it had too many hands and too many different pots yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I, I, you know, I suppose you could see with the, those prequel sequels, like what, what they were doing is maybe they were trying to hit on current events and political things that were going on and they were trying to tie it back into a reality. But I think that, and, and as good as that is, and I actually think that's probably a good thing. Yeah. I think, um, getting too far away from the personal story of the characters, just, you lose the audience. Cause I think like, like the whole Luke Skywalker thing and you know, and, and becoming a Jedi and that whole, that whole journey there was such a, a great anchor for those original, you know, for those original stories that, you know, all the things that were kind of going on around, were all still really related to that. You know what I mean? And I think like when you, um, you know, it's interesting cause like when you watch this new one, they refer to like, we've, we, we found out where Luke Skywalker is, you know what I mean? It's all really about back to a character that we cared about, right? Yeah. It's not back tied back to Jar Jar Binks or, you know, as cool as Boba Fett is or whatever. It's not tied back to those people. It's tied back to the guy we cared about, which was yeah. the original story. We cared about this guy. And then we cared about Han Solo. And, okay, spoiler alert, like, I kind of sensed whatever was going to happen. It's like... Yeah. And and I emotionally was like, oh, my... No, really? Like, I don't even know how I feel about this, yeah. right? Like, but I cared about him because... That's what the first original three did. They got you to care about people, and that's all that really matters at the end of the day. I think you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, otherwise, what are you what are you watching for unless you care 
care about the people it's happening to. Yeah, if you don't care about them, I mean, it's all just events. Yeah. I mean, like, you know what? You can use this as an easy example. Take somebody on the street, someone you saw in the coffee shop. You know, you don't know them from anybody. Do you care about the events that happen in their day-to-day? No, you don't. If they get in your way in the lineup and and they're on their phone and they're not paying attention and they're being a jerk, you don't care about any of that stuff. You just care about yourself in relation to them right now. Because you care about you. If they messed with someone you cared about, you would actually only care about the story of the person you cared about in relation to them. So, like, if you create a a story base which has characters where we don't really know much about and we don't care about, and there's no one person who has a relationship with all of them or who we, you know, we're disconnected. And we don't want to follow that story. So, you can take this right into your personal life. And I think that if I know anything about storytelling, it's that you have to care about someone, at least one person enough. And they, and if they're not predominant enough in the story, you will just lose your way with it. You won't, you won't be invested in, and you won't have the emotional connection to the story. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing that I thought, uh, the new star Wars film hit well, like, especially with, with all of its characters, including its villain, Mm -hmm. its main villain, uh, Everyone had uh, had a strong dilemma. Yeah. Oh, good call. Yeah, we should like, talk about that. That's important. Like that's yeah. It's still you know I think dilemma is still one of the most overlooked, but is imperative. Mm. Like the dilemma is pretty much what drives your entire story. Like yeah. at least from the very beginning, and everybody had one. Everybody had one. Ray had. Yeah, Ray had one, yeah. Finn had one, and even Kylo Ren has a dilemma in it. Yeah. Oh, totally. His dilemma is awesome. Yeah. You know what? Uh, and you're, play- and I can't wait to see how it plays out because I I know that that's going to continue through it, yes, right? This absolutely. this play between the light and the dark, you know. And and while our sort of our heroes uh their dilemmas were they they chose an action fairly early on, but we still got them. Right. You know. And it and it said something to us about who they were. Yeah, I mean, there's so much we should talk about. Or uh, why don't we plug that book? Because I remember you pointing it out to me. Uh, the Thirty Six Dilemmas or something like that. Oh, there's thir- Well, it's that's not that, the name of the book, but yeah, but there's um, thirty six. Thirty six dramatic situations, that, and they're all dilemmas. They're not necessarily all dilemmas, okay. but they're all just uh, they're all. Yeah, dramatic situations. Okay. That's what they're... Yeah, there's 36 dramatic situations where which aren't stories unto themselves, but can be elements of them. Uh, uh, however, I got that from a book by Jeff Kitchen called uh, How to Write a Great Movie, mm. I believe is what it's called. And it's and it's a terrific book. Yeah. Really great, like, nuts and bolts sort of, hey, here's how you write a screenplay. Um that was the book where you got the 36 dramatic Yeah, situations. and I'm pretty sure, and but that's nothing new. I, he, I can't remember who it was, but he credits another, um, like basically one of his biggest mentors as a screenwriter. Okay. Uh, he basically said, I got this from from this guy. Okay, but, but you don't here remember you who he referred No, to. I can't remember people, who it was. What if people get that book, they'll, they'll, and that's great. He paid tribute backwards to whoever helped him. Yeah. Um, and I think, that, you know, this is, this is good because I'm always thinking like, that's something that we can do as much as we discuss this is help people, um, get these resources, you know, uh, because I mean, I read a lot of acting books and screenwriting books and filmmaking books before I knew what to read. 
and I, before I knew it was good. And, um, fortunately I feel like I read some pretty solid ones before I started reading some of the, let's say like weaker ones, you know what I mean? But, you know, if you think about like how much the average person reads, the average person doesn't read a lot of books. So you might pick up a book and think, oh, wow, this person's really an authority and they're teaching me a lot of stuff. But I think if you start, if we can start directing people to really good books, they can read those books and then every bit of information they base that they hear, even from us or from anyone else, they can start to gauge against, okay, well, I got this really good information and then this is kind of, I agree with this or I don't agree with this because I think everybody has an opinion in making a movie and sometimes as, as valid as it is to take in everybody's opinion, if you don't have a, a good solid base of understanding, it, a lot of these opinions can confuse you. you oh know? yeah, I mean we talked about this at length a few, right. a few podcasts ago. Did we? I yeah. think yeah, we talked about just knowing the rules so that you can mm. you know how to how to bend them and break them. Uh, and knowing the why you. of the rule. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also know, knowing why of the rule, but then it also allows you to know why you can bend and break it. Right. You know, right. when you, when you come to that situation, um, well, you know what we could do right now is we could talk about, we got a new beer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to introduce it? Yeah. This is, uh, from Brassneck Brewery in Vancouver, British Columbia. This one is called Mr. Personality. Mr. Personality, which is an amber ale and it's quite fine. Quite delicious, actually. I'm yeah, liking this I'm one. I'm going to top myself up a little bit. I've been I've been enjoying this one. Um, nice and f- nice and foamy head. Yeah, uh, you know, if you're in Vancouver, um, that's a big thing right now. Is these breweries are uh, well anywhere along the Pacific Northwest, really? Oh yeah, I guess Van- so. Yeah, Vancouver, Seattle, Portland. Yeah. Great beer scene stuff going on. I'm sure somebody will probably like. Hey, you forgot about us. <laughs> well, I mean, I think yeah, you know. As we do these podcasts, um, you know, we'll venture out uh, more and more and try other ones. And, you know, maybe people will invite us out uh, to other places and we'll try some beer with them and have them as an interviewer. We would like that. Yes. We would like that. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I think that's where it's going. I mean, these first bunch of podcasts, um, you know, um, I don't know if this is off topic. We could talk a little bit about origins and how this all came to be. But our goal eventually is to really just keep get you know eventually get other people with you know their opinion uh someone who is proficient in a certain area of some sort and then they can come and they can talk about they can talk about their perspective and in relation to story and art and creativity and and integrity and, yeah, yeah. And all of that so um i think we, we you know we start with the breweries that are closest to home yeah <laughs> And then move outward and just, you know, try new, 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 new things. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Maybe uh, we could even do a podcast from inside yeah. the brewery at some totally. point. Yeah. Who knows? Why not? <laughs> could be exciting. But anyhow, uh, to, to get back onto, uh, our, our topic and theme of, uh, of Star Wars. Yeah. Let's get back on it today. Um, you know, we could, we could do a little sort of a breakdown of dilemma if we want to just right now. I think it'd be a good idea. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So we, let's, let's start with Finn. Okay. Let's Finn. Let's so, start with Finn. So for those of you who have seen the movie or don't know what the movie is, Finn is the African American character who is a stormtrooper originally. And or is he African British? 
because he's a British actor. Oh yeah. I don't even I African British. That doesn't seem right. I don't know. Well, African Brit- Britarian. He's, bl- he's black. Let's just <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to be politically correct. Whatever. He was you know, awesome, man. He was awesome. He was awesome. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's great. So, um, But he has a, has a pretty easily identifiable dilemma. Mm-hmm. Right? And so if you're working on, on story, uh, a simple way where you can begin with dilemma, which is the first, the very first sort of rule of storytelling Mm. as it were that has lasted the test of time yeah because it's been around since like the ancient greeks yeah uh i think it was i think it was plato yeah i think it was plato who figured out the classic storytelling structure Mm. which we still use today uh and dilemma is the first part of that uh and to apply that to to our character of finn so he is a stormtrooper yeah he's been he was he's been basically born and bred mm-hmm. to to fight to be to be a soldier. And I don't know if you remember this. They at one point, just side note, they stole they took him from wherever they, he lived. Yes, he was a little kid. Yeah, and which kind of teaches you, oh, that's probably how stormtroopers. They're all little kids that are basically child soldiers who yeah. have been captured. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the things they and again they don't. It never felt like that was some information that was forced. No. Force fed on me, like they, it was put out there, and then they didn't they didn't try and oversell it. No, like they, they just, just said it, and then that was it. And you could have missed it, and you still could have got along with the story, and you would have been fine. It didn't it didn't make a meal out of it. It just let it kind of happen, and then we moved <laughs> on. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so he's uh, a soldier, and he's um, thrown into a battle where they're essentially killing. There's a bunch of just essentially innocent people who are just yeah. being cut down, and now he's faced with this thing where uh, he doesn't want to have any part of this, but at the same time, he has almost no way out. And if he gets caught, he could be he'd he'd be killed yeah. himself, right? So there's there's a good dilemma right there yes you know it's it's that damned if you do damned if you don't scenario rock in a hard place so um or and this is how jeff kitchen says you can you can start with dilemmas you can phrase it as it is unacceptable for me to blank but it is equally unacceptable for me to blank right right equally like difficult like something that they say literally like it, it causes like like almost like your head, like your head should feel like it's splitting open mm. with this dilemma. Right. Right. And I'm sure you, personally, you can probably look at a moment in your life and see where you were, where you were in this situation where you had, you had to make a decision. Side note, um, which is relevant, but they say that most people today, um, don't achieve their dreams or experience the life they want to experience because they're unwilling to make decisions. And they experience decisions like a dilemma because they, because to make a decision in, in life, you have to make decisions. I mean, there's the whole idea of this, this whole theory of thought, oh, it's a choice. You're choosing this or you're choosing that. You make a decision one way or the other, there's consequences, you know? And the thing is, is we're so scared as a society. I'm not saying every single person, but 
it's there's a certain threshold and we've only built it and and it's actually for on the average it's pretty weak we haven't built strong decision making but decision says um if i do this there'll be this damages if i do this there'll be that damage or what if i choose this and i'm wrong but the thing is is the very fact that we don't make decisions is what actually stops us from having our dreams and so you force this character into a place where he must make a decision yeah and that's what makes it interesting absolutely and and very often that's where we eventually find ourselves in our own lives too, where we're in a place where eventually we must make a decision. Right. And in the case of uh, Finn's character, he makes the decision, a very bold decision to free this, like this captured pilot and escape with him and basically become, you know, a fugitive. You know what? Like it's an insane decision. Yes. Right. But there's so many things I love about that one choice. Okay. Well, let's talk about that too a little progression from yeah. uh, this one is that he says he, he, he comes in to save the pilot. Like he's going to free him. Like he's his friend and he's helping him out. And he's like, you need a pilot. Like what's, what's the pilot guy's name again? Oh, I can't remember his oh, name, man. But anyway, he calls him out. He's like, you need a pilot. Don't you? It's not yeah. just that you're a nice guy. And he's like, yeah, I need a pilot, which is awesome because they make the character flawed. They make him like, you know, he's not perfect, right? He yeah. literally, he's like, I want to get off here. Then they go to fly away and they're still attached to the ship and they have to deal with that. It doesn't go perfectly because yeah. there's so many ways, like, you know, there's so many movies where like, they just let it go perfectly and we go, oh, like, oh, they just perfectly did it. You know what I mean? But when things go wrong, it actually makes a story so much more compelling. Yeah. And know? it actually bonded them together. Totally. And it was like this great thing. Like when they were uh, reunited later in the movie and like they saw each other and they were just like, you know, you got why they were so thrilled to see each other yeah. again, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's great. And I think that's uh you know, I know it's a, a side note from the whole dilemma thing we're talking about here, but have things go wrong in your story. I mean, that is so helpful to everybody because if things went like anyone who watches the movie, just watch that scene. Imagine things went perfect. What would we lose? What would we miss? Right now, now look at what we gained from them, you know, having to deal with this setback, this flaw. And, uh, I think that, you know, that, that's just a side note. I wanted to interject cause we were talking about that moment, you know? Yeah. And, but, and, and there's, there's a great actual lesson in that too. I mean, uh, what I was, you know, I watched last night. I want this is related, but okay. it seems exciting. I last night I watched Big Fish. Oh yeah, again. Yeah, and I love that movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's for many other reasons. We could do a whole podcast on on that one because <laughs> there's some there's something very interesting that that they do in that story. But uh, there's this one part where um, Ewan McGregor's character he's decided to go down this like old path, like this gravelly sort of path. And he, he's going through like this swamp and he has to go through like this whole, like basically like tunnel of spider webs. And he's got this narration over top of it. And he was, and it went some, I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, I've, uh, discovered that like he, he chose this path because he's like, I've, I've found that the more difficult the journey the more amazing the reward is mm. kind of thing. And I thought, Oh, that's kind of a really cool lesson mm. in that. And, and it's, they're using it as a life lesson, but it works. It works within storytelling. Absolutely. For, for screenwriters, like the more, the more difficult 
you make not not like on yourself as a story writer like no. to make it difficult on yourself but the more difficult you make things for your character yes you know throwing them into a tougher and tougher and tougher situation and then saying to yourself okay how the hell are they even going to get out of this yes and creating bigger and bigger dilemmas you know creating more and more hard choices hard decisions yeah. i think uh, you know a lot of these characters they inspire us because we in life we, you know for most of us we're not we're not pushed hard enough to make decisions all the time. We, you know, our, our, the moments where we really make decisions, um, are actually quite few and far between for, you know, most people. So we go and we watch movies and characters kind of help us check in with, with ourselves as to what would I decide to do, you know? And I think we all deep down, we want to do the heroic thing. Um, but sometimes like indecision is still a decision. And I think, yeah. unfortunately, so many times we, we make indecision. I mean, I know I have. And it's something that, if anything, I'm, I'm working to root out in my life because it always, always sabotages you yeah. to do indecision. And it's, it's so much better to just go out and make a mistake because most of the time you're not going to die. I mean, you're not in those stakes, right? Yeah. And you're not going to die, but you go out, you make a mistake and you learn, but you made a choice and you, can, you, own, you own that you made that choice. It didn't work out and you learn and you grow and you become better. But if you never make any choice, not only do you eventually lose, but you never learn. And it's like the one decision where you, you basically duck out of learning. Maybe you'll learn eventually, but it takes so yeah. long that, you know, you you haven't advanced as a person, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. it's uh, like in, engage in your life. Right. Like truly engage in your life and, and, and make, and make empowered decisions where we're, we're we're no, done. but We're I think, this but is... no, this is great because like movie, like again, and I think heroes also are there to remind us of that too, about making bold yeah. decisions, you know, like really, really making a choice for your life. Yeah. Um, which is as, what Finn did, which he is what it, Finn did. He, he made, made a, a, a very bold choice yeah. that had extraordinary risks involved yes. with it, you yeah. know, more than most of us, <laughs> than any of us would mostly face yes. in our lives. Um, so I think that we've, uh, we've covered him. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was, un- so if we were to put it in the phrase, it would be like, it was unacceptable for him to, um, to go against his, his moral, his, his own sense of morality and, and, be in the position to have to murder, have to murder innocent people. But it was equally, it's equally unacceptable for him to try to run from the most powerful, to try and run from the most, yeah. One of the most powerful vindictive forces in the known galaxy. (laughs) Right. And you know, I heard someone once say that dilemma is it's 50, uh, no, it's 49. What is it's like there's a percentage like it's like it's like 50.01% you want to make this decision and 49.99% that you want to make the other one. And the closer you can bring those two together, to the point where there's just such a micro difference is and and always the 0.1% is the one that's it's like the ethical one. It's like the one that when you go down to your core of a person, that's really the choice that you would want to make. And when you put a character that close to the line, that as an audience member, it's like the best 
meal you've ever had in your life, the best thing you've ever tasted, the best sleep you've ever had. It's, it's the best everything because that's what we want to see. We want to see, yeah. like we want to see Muhammad Ali, you know, f- you know, f- fight uh, Frazier, right? We want to, we want to see the big, we want to get as close as we can and want to see like, we don't know what's going to happen. And you see that, you know, and, and, and that idea that we don't know what's going to happen is so exciting and exhilarating. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I teach that in, in my acting, right. You know, uh, to be, uh, present and to truly not like to, you have to experience everything for the first time, mm. you know, like, even though you know what's happening, you've learned the scene and everything you, but truthfully, you don't know what's going to happen right. from moment to moment you know, something's going to be different and, and you need to be present to that. But when you don't, when you're acting from a place of, I don't know what's going to happen next, the audience is in the exact same place right. of going like, what's going to happen next? Oh my God. Like, yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, no. And you know, the other thing too is like, I think that sometimes people see these great performances and they think, oh, that actor, they just did it so perfectly. But what they don't realize is that the actor was so good that while they made mistakes in the very act of acting the scene, they dealt with those mistakes as decisively as they did their first decision, which was a mistake. And I think the thing is, is that what we really want to see is we want to see people making decisions and full commitments. And you know, like, I think there's a lot of people out there who would probably want to build more confidence or be more confident in life. Confidence comes from making decisions that you act on. That is really it. I mean, that's, you know, if there's anything that I've been learning more and more is like, and I think about myself when I've been the most confident in my life is because you decide to do it. You don't know if it's going to work out, but if it doesn't work out, then you make another decision based on whatever outcome that came of that. You don't worry about making a mistake. You just go, I'll deal with it when, when it happens. But indecision never allows you to make any mistakes and I think that's, it's become clearer and clearer to me. That's why people who are indecision are very, like, very shy and lack confidence because they never make decisions. So they never build that confidence. And you look at these characters on screen and really great actors look so confident because they're constantly making decisions over and over, whether the decision works or doesn't work. And you have to think like, oh, well, it's all pre-written. So it, no, it doesn't work like that. The other actor in the scene is doing the same thing and they're bringing something back to you. So sometimes you win a beat and you lose a beat. You, you intend to win every beat, but some beats you're just going to lose because you didn't choose, you know, or you didn't decide. And then you, you, you try something, right? That's why like Marlon Brando was such a big deal because he was a guy that people didn't even understand. He just made decisions and people had never really had like seen someone be so free to just decide. Now everybody does it, but that was the initial. Yeah. Right? Or so free to, um, yeah. I mean, cause there's, there's a certain element of it's like, Oh, making a decision. And I suppose it is a decision in a way. Um, but like there was something so like, it, I, I like, I would maybe use impulse more like, like acting on an impulse that happens, like, which is in, it's still a, a decision, it's still a decision. Still whether it's how conscientious it is. But think I don't about know. how many impulses you kill, right? How many impulses yeah. do you decide to kill? Cause you could have a scene, you could be so angry at your partner and you could literally want to punch them, but you won't 
You know, there's a part of you that won't, you know, like, for example, you could be, you know, you don't have to be in an acting scene. You could be in a relationship with your girlfriend, your wife, whatever. And there's something they say that triggers you to the point where you go, man, like, and you could, you know, as a man, you go, I physically want to hit this person or a woman, you go, I could say this thing that will just cut them so deep, but you don't, you kill the impulse because you realize in that moment, you think if I do this thing, it, 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 the damage that would be cost is too great. And yes. so that's even a decision, even that impulse. But I think like, it's, it's not just about trusting your impulse. It's about, it's about going with the impulse in that moment where you learn to be so sharp and so specific where you just trust it and you go with yeah. it. Yeah. Deciding to follow yeah. the impulse. Yeah. And I, and, and that's an important thing to do. Right. You know, um, in terms of, you know, when you're at a, at a good place to, you know, of performance and yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And there's probably, I mean, I imagine there's rules too, like, you know, where with your scene partner, you're in a scene, you don't, um, you know, you're not going to like, there's certain things that you wouldn't do. Like you would never hit your scene partner Yeah, or whatever. Like some actors do and it's, and they're not, they're not good actors to work with. Right. They're dangerous. Right. So there's like, even with story, like when you're writing a script, um, there's rules and there's certain things that you just don't do. You know what I mean? There's certain areas which are like almost danger zone. You go into it. Like for example, with writing, you could be doing a, writing a sex scene, which I've had to do a, a multiple, multiple times, but how explicit will you go with that sex scene? Like I, I actually just had to review a script the other day. Um, or I should say I got to, and one of the scenes I gave notes on to the writer, I said, this scene is too explicit for what you're doing right here because it, it, and it literally as, as bold as they went with it, it, it started to read and, and I'm not going to name who it is, but it was kind of started to read a little bit, almost like porn the way. Mm. And it was, it, it took away from the scene because it isn't, it wasn't about the sex. It was about the relationship between those characters and the fact that they're being intimate with each other was relevant, but I don't need to know those types of details. We don't need to capture that on screen and it's not important. Right. And so I think, um, you know, acting, writing, whatever, it's, it's all the same. There's certain areas where it's just like, that's just a no fly zone. You don't need to go there, Yeah. you know? And, and when your impulse pushes you to that boundary, you find that boundary and you go, okay, that's about as far as I can go. And then you come back. You yeah. Know? And I mean, it could be uh, a situation of, of, you know, shock value, you know, sometimes sure. I, that's one of those things that I, I, I'm always like, it's not that you can't do something to shock people in, in what you're doing. But if you're doing it purely out of that, that reason, it's right. a very dangerous territory to be going into because normally if you're just doing it in my experience, at least as an, as an audience member, um, and actually, you know, I've even done stuff just for shock value, uh, as an actor, you know, yeah. just like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And, you know, people are going to, and, <laughs> and, that it, work out? <laughs> and not well, <laughs> it doesn't because it's, it's totally, you know, it's kind of masturbatory. Yeah. In a way it's like, it's, it's, you're doing it for no other reason than for the sake of it just being there mm-hmm. and for just, you know, it, it has to serve a something bigger ultimately because I'm dealing that with right now I'm, I'm working on a script, um, that I realized like when, when I was putting the story together, when I was, when I was putting, outlining it and, and how the story was going to go, uh, 
I, for whatever reason, this hadn't occurred to me because I never really written anything like it. Uh, and then I started actually writing the script and I realized, oh my God, this is actually a very sexual story. Mm. And so I, I do have like some, some like sex scenes, uh, and, and it was, it's a very interesting thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm coming at it from a place and I hope that'll come across. I'm sure I'll, I'll hand it over to you once I'm, yeah. once I'm all done with it. Well, why don't you uh, talk about feedback. the dilemma of that story? Uh, you know, it's a, the relationship one, right? Yes. You want to talk about it? You don't have to. Uh, maybe on another day. Okay, another we day. We will talk about it. But there's, yeah, there's, um, it, it is very sexual and everything, every part that's in it, I, I like to think it's not gratuitous, although some of the stuff is pretty, is pretty, you know, will right. probably make people go like, whoa. Um, but I don't, I, it's not there to, to really shock, shock. It's, it's all there to drive certain things about the relationships. It's all there to drive certain things about, um, the issues that they go through, um, whenever you see it, mm-hmm. at least, you know, like whenever you see it, it's all, it's all to serve something else. Yeah. And that's, that's the goal for it. You know, it's, uh, and once I finish it and then go and redraft, I'll see if I've gone too far, but that's the, how I've intended on it so far. Well, and I think it's, you know, I think it's valid to take, to take risks, right? I mean, like, uh, to, you know, to try stuff out. I mean, sometimes you're going to go too far. Um, and I think, being willing to go too far is fine, but then checking in with yourself and going, okay, well, you know, and I think that's the beauty of the rewriting process is, is, and you get better at it. I mean, you know, the other thing too, is if, if, uh, you make a mistake while you're writing and you realize, well, like I, I, I crossed the line, you know, what the beauty is you learned where the line was, but if you don't even, if you cross the line and you don't even recognize you crossed the line, that's, that's like, that's like not learning. Cause like, that's where you start to realize like, what have I done here? That's, um, and I think that's why getting feedback and stuff before you go forward with something is so important. You know, um, like for example, I have talked about this in the, in the last couple podcasts about, you know, getting hired for these jobs. So I've been yeah. hired for four already now, actually, and possibly a fifth now it's like kind of just spiraling, <laughs> but you know, they will, this is li- like, and you know, we're having discussions about all this stuff, but, and I've been through this process already they will literally all hand them a script and they will tear it apart. They will, they will send it back to me. And if you take any of that personally, I just look at it and go, great, this is amazing. Now I know where I crossed the line, where I didn't push myself. It gave me all the information because basically what people do is when they give you feedback, they start kind of telling you where the guideposts are. And uh, if you have really great like mentors and people who are like very acute in the business, you can start to see, and then you can also, um, you know, and I, and I think I'll only develop this more. You start to see where they're just uncomfortable. And maybe if you can help them see where, why going this way would actually help, you can actually get the point across that you wanted. But a lot yeah. of the time you got, you know, you got to push the line. You got to be willing to try something because, um, you know, what's, you know, what's the, what's the, the other side, you play it safe the whole time. That's not going to work. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you play it safe, you're probably just going to come up with some sort of a a cookie cutter kind of a, kind of a story. Yeah. So, Uh, okay. So let's come back to, let's come back to Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. So we, so did they play it safe? Um, or did they actually take risks and, and was it risk advert? Like, was it right? Was it risky enough 
in what it needed to do. Because that is, that is one of the things that, you know, I've heard, it has been a discussion that I have seen, yeah. uh, going on is like, well, was, was this new Star Wars, was it playing it too safe? Was it too close to the original? You know, did, did JJ just like, like run it too, too close along, <laughs> along where, um, a new hope was. Right. Uh, and I don't know. I guess that's a subjective thing. I think it's subjective. I, I personally, and you know, and, and maybe this is just me. I, I felt that for me, it gave me what I, it gave me everything I wanted. I mean, it, um, I like the fact that it had nostalgia elements in it, that it, gave throwbacks it reminded me of where this originally came from it gave me a certain respect and a tribute to what george lucas had originally built um and i think all that stuff was good that's my opinion i'm just one guy with one opinion um i think that it you know what it speaks for itself in a sense because i actually think that the next um star wars will continue to do substantially well because this one was done so well yeah. And I think the numbers speak for themselves. So I would be wrong if the numbers are not greater, you know, if the numbers are not even up to the par, but if they're anywhere close to where they are now, and if they're beyond in these next couple sequels that come out, then yeah, I think this movie delivered and then some. Yeah. And- I mean, it's certainly, it has, it has set the, it has set the bar. Yeah for the next one. Like yeah. this is, and, and it's in a way it's, it's left things in such a beautiful place to be like, okay, like pick up the story from here and, and carry it on. Mm-hmm. Like the story is set up. The characters are set up. I'm looking forward to the next, to the next one, May, 2017. Is apparently. that it? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's, that's not that far I away. I know it feels, <laughs> that's not that far away. That's like just a little over a year away. Yeah. Can I you know. believe that? Yeah. Crazy. It's wild. Everyone's already counting down the days. Yeah, I know. Some people say it's like May the 4th. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. The official. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Uh, we okay. didn't break down, uh, we didn't break down Ray. Oh, okay. Let's for do it. Dilemma. Yeah. And dilemma. Let's do, yeah. So let's do that. More. That that won't, that won't be too difficult. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so if we look at where she, she want is. To leave. Yeah, she's she's on this she's on this like desert planet. You yeah. know, basically a, a scavenger, a salvager. You know, making making very little money. She also believes and this is a big part of her story. She believes her family are coming back for her. Yes. That's, yeah, and um, we don't know exactly what happened you know like precisely who who her parents were there's all sorts of fan theories about that (laughs) going on too who her parents are and this and that um but yeah she's been left on this planet and she's waiting for her family to come home so her first initial dilemma is you know i mean her first initial dilemma is like when she's in this situation is like you know, she is basically, she realizes that she has something that could help save potentially the universe or whatever, right? Like, uh, so does she go back? 
Does she help that mission or does she go back and wait for the family that she's been waiting for her whole life? And I think for the first whole part of the movie, that's a big struggle for her. She's intending to go back and she's kind of, she's almost like looking at this thing as like a baton. She's going to hand it off and once it's in the people's hands who can take care of that, then she can head back and she can kind of, you know, get back yeah. to... And her. and her there's she yeah, she's got almost a few things going on. I mean, there's this dilemma between staying and going, but underneath that there's almost this dilemma of um of what of what she's what she's going to believe in, what she's going to hold on to. Um, because it's like is she gonna hold on to this this hope, you know, of of this life coming back to her, or is she going to find hope some some other way, mm. you know, or, or in this case, in some ways she actually becomes a source of hope, right? You know, because she, she is this force. She is a force of the force, right? <laughs> basically, <laughs> right? Like um, she's been put into this position and, and what will she do? Yeah. So what was she? So do? it's unacceptable for her to leave forsake this place and, and, and her family that said was coming back for her. Right. But it's equally unacceptable for her to allow, like, cause she, okay, I'm now I'm just starting to remember this because the, because she comes across the robot comes to her, the, the droid comes to her, which I'm, people are going to be so pissed off, but <laughs> I can't remember the name of that cute little guy. Oh yeah. Um, with this information and basically they start getting attacked. Right. And she has to like, and she decides basically she's going and she's yeah off on this journey. Yeah. And she doesn't even realize, she doesn't even realize the, what she's involved in. And you know what it's, um, her dilemma evolves because she begins to truly care about the people she's with and they all bond, you know? And I think that, um, that's one of the things I love about Star Wars is it has so many things on friendship, you know, like having each other's back and like, you know, um, and so different too. Yeah. the characters. Like mm-hmm. if you look at all of them, they're, they're quite different people. Like they do have some things like in common, but in terms of their personalities. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, her dilemma like later, cause when, Finn wants to leave. She's like, no, we got to continue on this. And initially before that she had been like, no, I'm going to be going back home. And she has a, she has a kind of a solid staying power, um, of like, let's, let's, you know, this is important. Let's follow through with this. And I mean, the more, the more she gets pitted against the opposition, the more her, her challenge, her, her thing is like, well, she, you know what it is? I think for her, she keeps getting tested against. She's not like deep down. She has character. She has integrity. Yeah. And she has, um, she has, uh, a certain amount of courage, right? Where, um, she even gets Finn in a sense to kind of like, um, I think she, you know, that's why she's kind of the lead because she's the one who reluctantly ends up in the position but then once she's there, owns that yeah. position. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I was, uh, as you were talking, I was, I had a thought and just that it's like her story is almost to wait for destiny or to pursue her own 
destiny. Mm. Right. And she ultimately chose to pursue her own destiny, which might mean, you know, never, never finding or never being reunited with this family that yeah. left her. But she yeah. makes that, she makes that choice because she decides that she's going to carve out her own life. I think that is the dilemma is like, do I let go of this hope I've held on to my whole life to do this thing I feel is important? You know, this is, and I think all dilemmas come back down to the point where we can relate to them personally. And that's something I think we all look at is like, you know, is do I go out in the world and dare to, to do this thing that I feel is important, knowing that I could be letting go of everything that I, yeah. you know, I so thought I wanted or whatever, or do I hang on to everything that I think I want and risk never experience what I could yeah. be or could do in the world. Yeah, know? like hold on to a past or forge a future. Mm-hmm. That's a great dilemma, I think. It's, yeah. you know, and I think... What it, hers is a big dilemma, but yeah. she's she's kind of this, obviously this chosen one in this story. So yeah. her hers needs to be almost like a bigger, a bigger theme, you yeah. know, because it, she is, she is, uh, you know, a... a, a you know, a wielder of the force. Like she is part of this light and dark. Yeah. Like she is a direct sort of connection to that. So right. her story needs to be kind of like esoteric like that. Yeah. In a way. And I think main characters tend to be like that. And, in, in, in commonly in movies where their dilemma is a little bit, especially in like known trilogy, you know, it's like, it's a little bit bigger. Um, well, we could talk about another character's dilemma. Um, which one do you want to tackle? Do you want to? Well, why don't we do the villain because yeah, that's yeah. that's because Kylo Ren is a pretty interesting. So, side note about Kylo Ren. Guy. So, I heard I heard someone say on on like, and this is they were like, oh, you know, I don't like how the 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 bad guy is weak or whatever. Like, you know, what a weak bad guy. And I was like, no, like this is an amazing bad guy. Partly because he's extremely powerful, but he's he's young and troubled and struggling and it kind of to me I thought that was even better because it's like you know I I actually in my experience of people who do bad things in the world they're not the most put together people they're usually people who are they might act tough and you might think they're a tough guy or whatever but you're usually really struggling inside you know they have daddy issues parent issues you know love issues value issues, all sorts of stuff. And that's a lot of the reason why they're doing the shoddy behavior that they're doing. And what I liked about him was that he had all these things like he, he, you know, his hate for his father, just for example, was a lot of what drove a lot of his behavior. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of a story that we don't know yet, which again, you know, what is, and maybe this was because they, they know that they're making they're making a bunch of films, yeah. But still, I I always hate it when I see a TV show or a film, and they just they just give give away way too much. Mm. You know, they just tell me way too much too quickly, and it's all just because then it all just comes down the pipe, and it's being like force mm-hmm. forced down. With him, it was like you again. They like touch on some things with his character without ever really like just giving you the whole meat and potatoes of, of everything. Um, his bad guy speeches too. were not like your silly, stupid bad guy speeches. They were like bad guy speeches that were his little bits were like, I don't know. They weren't about all this 
expository bullshit. They were like, yeah, they were kind of like, you know, like that's what I loved about uh, side note, uh, Batman with the Joker. What was it? What was that one called? Oh yeah. Um, Dark Knight. Yeah. The Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't really like when he was talking about what happened, how his father like cut his, his mouth open and that's why he has this big smile. You don't know if that's true or not. And he that's tells like, different stories he tells each different time. Story. That's what makes it a great bad guy speech. This is not expository information. It's like, it's unchecked information. You know what I mean? And so, you know, like when you see a lot of these movies where the bad guy kind of goes, this is why I did it. You know, it wasn't for you meddling kids. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? but like, and and <laughs> actually he does have some kind of a joke or sorry, not a joke, but like, a, the I guess it's a joke, but the, yeah, the Joker has yeah. a joke. Um, but he's got, uh, he does have sort of a speech where he, he reveals a little bit about, and it, I won't even say it's, it's why he's doing what he's doing, but it was kind of like how he sees the world. Yeah. But it was done in a way that was just kind of troubling. Like it was just yeah. upsetting because it was like, there's no, it, it just lent itself to his completely, um, chaotic and, anarchist kind of mentality about everything you know but, but yeah like, you actually you saying that actually op- opened up my mind a little bit about how yeah i mean i think that's that's a better bad guy speech is where the person who's the quote-unquote bad guy exposes how they think as opposed to why they did everything they did yeah it's a much better bad guy speech but anyway before we get too far off topic yes let's go back to kylo yeah let's kylo go ren. back to kylo ren so what's his dilemma right that's what we want to get on he, Yes. Okay. So he is this, he's basically one of like the Darth, he's like the, Darth Vader of the future. He, yeah. He's the, essentially, yeah. Like the next, like, like basically big guy of the, of the dark side. So he has the ways. force. He but, has the force. But he also like, I mean, he knows how scene, to remember he slashes up all the computers. Yeah. Like he has anger, like he has issues. You know? Yeah. And he, and they touch on that. He, um, yeah. In the, in the movie they touch on, he is afraid that he will never be as powerful as Darth Vader. Right. Like he kind of, he worships basically his, um, grandfather, not his grandfather. No, I guess but not. like, isn't it? But, um, no. No, 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 it's not. Okay. It's not. Uh or no. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is his grandfather. That's right. <laughs> uh so yeah, he he has this thing where he is afraid that he will never be as powerful as his grandfather. Um but then there's also this uh he also knows how to use the light and the dark of everything. So he's actually got two sides of the force working within him. Right. They, they talk, they mention that as well. And I may have opened up a fan book <laughs> <laughs> browsing, uh, which actually there's like weird details that you can find in fan books oh, yeah. that are not in the movies. Cool. If you're so interested in learning a few things before the next movie comes yeah, right. out. Yeah. Um, and he's got this, toward relationship with his, with his family. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's, uh, you know, also like, um, I, you know, and I'm not the biggest, biggest fanboy of Star Wars. I have, you know, I'm, I'm pretty aware of most of it, but, um, he's working for this, this malevolent kind of, uh, you know, guy who, yeah. 
is kind of the next emperor or whatever, right? Who's creating an army that basically wants to destroy and control the world, right? Yeah. Or the universe, I guess. Um, And so his living up to this guy's expectations, who he's he's allowed to be his mentor. Um, And you know what is uh, interesting is there's power struggles for him, right? Because there's another guy he's power struggling with. He has, uh, you know... Um, he wants to impress this person, right? This, uh, this, this guy. And he also, um, he's making mistakes. I mean, his people are not achieving the things that they say they do. And his decision at one point that he doesn't realize that Rey is a Jedi herself, and she doesn't know it either, but he thinks that he has everything he needs and he miscalculates, right? And that, you know, you having a, having a, your, antagonists make a mistake like that kind of set up the whole rest of the story and I think this is the beauty of it is like I know we're getting away from dilemma again but um making mistakes how much they serve the whole story they make it more intricate yeah Yeah. and and I'm I'm sure because his is a little bit more his dilemma is a little bit more maybe complex in some ways or at least more subtle at least with the information that we've been given as an audience yeah um but he's He's definitely got one. Well, his he's dilemma, a, I think, is... like is he, a per, Let's talk on his personal one. He, you know, because there's a part of him that really does want to love his father. And wants to go back. And, and wants, he wants to go, to go back. Because everything is falling apart for him. Yeah. Really. Like, nothing is yeah. nothing is going well for him pretty much in that whole movie. No. Like, things keep on... And he's accountable for it. Yeah. Right? So, he wants the, this power... Because he believes that there's this power to be had on the dark side. Yeah. But at the same time, none of it's none of it's really doing him any good. Well, the thing is, I think if he achieves his goal of getting the dark the dark side, if he has the power, becomes the dark Jedi, and all that stuff, he is kind of the master and ruler of the universe. I mean, he gets all the acclaim, all the recognition, everything. And I think uh, anybody. Like, like, and in a sense, he's going for all these very superficial external things, you know, that, that will give him power and whatever in the world. And then there's love, which is his other dilemma, which is that I have my mom and my dad and this life where I could live and the world could be peace. And, and there's part of him that wants that. And it's like, almost as if, imagine you were an actor and you wanted to be really famous, but being famous meant that you had to destroy everyone you loved, but you would be famous. You would be the most famous person in the world. Would you destroy everyone you love to be the most famous person in the world? Or would you choose to accept that you may never be famous ever, but have loving relationships with everybody? And to some people, that dilemma is super obvious but to this particular character in this given type of situation, that is not an obvious thing. Yeah. He wants to be recognized. He wants to be important. He wants to be valuable. He wants to be powerful. And he wants to be powerful. And um, if it's at the cost of killing the people he loves, he's willing to do it. And and what's beautiful is in this movie is that he's actually crossed with that dilemma. Because when we meet, when we meet uh, Darth Vader in the originals, he's far beyond that dilemma yeah. now. I mean, yeah. and even when we've met Kylo Ren, he's in some ways made his decision. Like there's almost this dilemma that's unseen beforehand where he has to make this decision of 
which way he's going to go. Right. But we're we're given glimpses of this thing that's still going on within him. Mm-hmm. Like, even though he's made this decision, now he's trapped in this, did I make the right decision? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Morris dilemma. Did I make the right decision? And you know, when he finally, him in hand finally, like, uh, kind of connect there at the yeah. end, you know, um, there's this part of you that's like, I mean, especially if you're a fan of the series, there's this part of you that's like, well, it, you know, maybe there's a hope, you know what I mean? And I think that's, um, why they brought that kind of climatic moment to that point. You know, it's, it's, it's a, I, I what do you call that? A semi-climax, I guess. Cause there's so many characters. It's hard to say. Yeah. But anyway, it's, um, probably the emo- emotional climax at least. But, um, anyway, they're brought to that point and you don't really know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? In a sense, because there's this part of you that's like, it could, it could go, it could go one way. It could go the other way. Yeah. And I think either way, um, but it gets to that point, you know, because if you look at like Han Solo's character and where he's at, he's willing to walk to that vulnerable position because there is, and I, 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 I thought it was pretty well crafted. I mean, people could say that they could predict it or whatever, but the bottom line is that the character was in dilemma and that fueled a lot of these events, right? Yeah. I think that's what we're basically pointing yeah, out. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, um, so I guess his, his dilemma in some ways is, is, um, do I, do I go back and try and reconcile the things I've done or do I stay on, stay on the course that I've, that I've set myself upon? Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And it's there. It's, it's evident and it, and it creates it like, you can see how all of these different things, like really, if you, you, we could spend a lot of time on it, but you know, I think we're probably going to wrap things up here, Yeah, yeah. but, uh, you know, how those dilemmas fuel the story, how those dilemmas create importance to everything that's going on. They create internal struggles and they create, you know, they bring character out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, I guess uh, we broke down Star Wars. We talked about dilemma. Um, the lesson of the day is, you know, I think I would just say, I'll, I'll just say this. I'd say, be willing to, make mistakes as you write and create and act and do all that, uh, or paint or whatever. Um, but also once you make that, be willing to deal with it and adjust to it and find that like, it's like imperfect perfection. I think that's ultimately where real art is born. It's born of it's if, if, if we were robots, we would do everything perfect. You know, we would do everything by math, but we're we're human beings and, and our imperfections are almost what make our, our art perfect because it has this, the flaw of it is almost the art, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the thing is like, um, you know, the, the thing that I take from this whole conversation about Star Wars and whatnot is just that be willing to make mistakes and just make decisions so that you can make mistakes. And then when you make a mistake, recognize you make a mistake and then make a decision to correct it. And that little bit of off courseness that you took is actually what makes your art, your personality, your, your, you know, and I think what brings life to it. That's, that's what I take from this. Yeah. And it ultimately guides you to, to the truth yeah. or something. Any lessons you want to leave them with? Um, or thoughts? Yeah. Or you know what? Pointers? Uh, just sticking on this whole thing with, uh, with dilemma. Uh, and I'll, you know, I, I think we've made it pretty clear about sort of the importance of I- 
dilemma within, you know, storytelling. But um, what I, what I, what's coming to my mind right now is we're talking about, about difficulty, you know, making thing not making things easy sort of on, on our characters and our, and our stories and, and whatever. But, um, you know, within our own dilemmas, especially in, for people who are in creative endeavors, creative careers, whatever that is to do what you do or to not do what you do, you know, and that the struggle and the making mistakes is ultimately going to make it better Mm. and is ultimately, yeah, going to, going to make the rewards for what you do that much greater. Yeah. You'll learn. And I think that you raise a good point. You in ironically making mistakes actually makes things better. And I think, I think it goes against everything we learned in education growing up for most of us, if we were part of public school or whatever, unless you were in part of some sort of crazy future forward thinking school (laughs) that was just like, no, 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 make mistakes, make mistakes as many as you can. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Well, tune in next week or whenever and, uh, we'll, we'll (laughs) talk, we'll talk more. (laughs) All right. Toodles. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to end it with that? Toodles? (laughs) That is bad, isn't it? (laughs) I love it. But, uh, anyway. Okay. See ya. (laughs) See ya. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.